You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with Jared Davis. It's time to talk about the Aggie Dogs, the Texas A&M Aggies. They're Aggie Dogs, I guess. I don't know. The Lassie Dogs. Never heard that. <laughs> I guess they, yeah, I don't know. I guess I think their mascot is a dog, actually. Yeah. So it's time to, to face them, and uh, we're going to be doing it. It was just announced, the 11 o'clock kickoff. And Jordan Hare, uh, it finally got announced. They were kind of. They usually announce the times of the games, you know, at, at least a week, if not two weeks ahead. And this one, they just kept dragging this one out. I think they were doing that for a lot of SEC games this week. So, uh, but we finally found out, and uh, we get to play them early in the morning. Jared, how are you feeling about playing Texas A and M early in the morning? Can we can we catch them sleeping? <laughs> I'm always a fan of. Early in the morning helps the away team, so I'm not a huge. I don't like it. To be honest with you, I think you know nighttime games, definitely nighttime games, help the home team, mm-hmm. even in COVID years where you don't have as many fans. So, you know, but there's the flip side to that. Um, if you win, you get to enjoy the rest of the Saturday, and if you lose, you don't have to. You know, you get it over with. So, um, I'm okay with it. But from an advantage to Auburn on the field, I think it would have been better to be at nighttime. Yeah, I was I was honestly open for like a three four time frame, something like that, or two thirty time slot again. Though goodness, I cannot take Gary Danielson anymore. That Bammer, goodness. Yeah, I would almost. <laughs> re- I, yeah, I mean when when you're hoping for Jordan Rogers to be your announcer, that's Ooh. that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's pretty low, man. That's reaching low. That is pretty bad, but that's about the level I'm at. I just can't. Especially when he does Bama games. I mean, he's just so so biased. But anyways, uh, yeah, uh, as far as the time goes. But I will, you know, I think we've played several this year at that time slot, and we've handled it better than we have in the past, other yeah. than the South Carolina game. Yeah, I mean, considering we've had, really up until uh, the Tennessee game, I think we had always had, uh, we'd always had those morning or afternoon games. So I think we've fared so far so well. Uh now it's just a matter of can we beat a top ten team in Jordan Hare? Uh, Auburn's coming into this five and three. Texas A&M only has one loss. They're six and one, and uh, this one I, I am excited about because I do think there's a chance for us. It, it, it won't be a blowout. I, I I'm almost certain it's not going to be a blowout, but we gotta we gotta come out swinging because and we can't be conservative like we did against Bama. Um, we're going to have to come out swinging a little bit and I, I think we can do this. Um, I don't, I don't know how we're going to do it, but <laughs> that's uh, not up to you. You don't get paid millions to figure that out. You just can <laughs> say, we're going to do this and then it's up to Gus to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, but our, I do think we have seen a couple things offensively 
that we struggle at. And I sure hope Chad and Gus get together and uh, get together to discuss what are we doing right and get some get some more of that going. I mean, one of the things I really want to see more is J.J. Pegues, uh catching the ball. Um, I want to see us getting uh, Bo to use more of his athleticism. And this could be a great time back in Jordan-Hare to get him more comfortable um, because he's not been as comfortable. Um, and it, pretty much any time he's away from Jordan Hare. So get him back in his comfort zone, get him, uh, get him ready to play for this game. Um, and I, I think we have a good shot. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, I, you know, <clears throat> um, man, Bo's career started out so promising on the road. I mean, to, to win that Oregon game and he's really struggled ever since on the road, um, with any type of defense, but we're at home. Um, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and call it. I, I say we win the ball game. Honestly, I think that you know, I don't think it's not a knock on A&M. I think A&M is a really good team. I think Auburn is so good at home that you have to be elite to beat Auburn at home. Typically, aside from 2018 Tennessee, um, and I just don't think that A&M is. I don't think their uh, goodness is better than Auburn's whatever they got going at home. So I pick Auburn to win. And when you look at the when you look at this, the USC loss for us is is inexcusable. But if if A and M goes to Georgia, they already lost to Alabama. That's a common opponent. If they had to go to Georgia, I say they probably lose to Georgia. Mm. So I know we were at five and three. They're six and one, and they beat Florida um, at at College Station, and that's a big win. Um, but Florida's defense is not that great. So. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm literally just trying to give you real reasons why I think we win the ball game. Um, I think if A&M played our exact schedule, they are probably um, six and two right now, and we're five and three, and it would be the USC game. Yeah, I think that would probably be the difference. And uh, I, I do think that Texas A&M, and I obviously very much respect them, um, but I definitely see chinks in their armor, especially with Kellen Mond. He, I, I kind of beat this this to a pulp i pretty much and it's it's very much proven kellen mond while he can be very elite and i think he's gotten a little bit more consistent he's either hot or he's completely cold and the good thing is kevin still has figured out um how to stop uh pretty much kellen mond in his tracks um there's been few times that kellen mond's been super successful um, one of the times they came to Jordan Hare and they he had a fourth quarter comeback that ended up not being uh, complete. Uh, Auburn still ended up winning it, but Auburn has figured out how to slow them down, um, and and that kind of reassures me that uh, Kellen Mond isn't going to just light us up uh, as as much as uh, he's gotten better and more consistent as a quarterback. Yeah, it's not a listen. I'm not disrespecting A and M. I think they're a really good team. I think on a neutral field they beat us. Um, but I think in Jordan Hare, um, we all know there's a little magic there. Um, and I think that you know Bo's a different quarterback there. Um, I feel like Chad's more comfortable calling more aggressive plays there for Bo. Um, I think on the road it's more of let's try not to screw it up and get into the second half. And you can't you know against good teams you can't do that. Um, but I feel like that's our game plan. Let's Let's not make it too complex for Bo. Try to get in the second half. At home, I think they realize they can afford a turnover or two and maybe overcome it. And so uh, they get a little more aggressive. Um, so I like our chances, man. Yeah, I think our chances are pretty good. Um, the At this point, 
I I do think there's a good chance, but it almost has to be an ugly kind of matchup um, because I was looking at Texas A&M. They're they're able to stop the run. They're they're stopping every team they face so far to only 87 yards per game, and uh, that's something that Auburn has to do um, to be a successful offense is establish the run game. And maybe we have to get a little creative. Maybe we have to use Bo a little bit more using his legs to get the run game going. Um, because if we don't do that, it is going to be, it, I still think it's not going to be a runaway, but I think Auburn has, has a tougher shot at beating Texas A&M. It is. I think every game Bo should get, you know, 12, even it, whether it's a scramble or designed, I think he needs to have 10 to 12 carries and that is going to be maybe 12 to 15 this game. I think you're right. I think to open it up, you got to make him be a weapon as well. Um, if, and, and we need tank a hundred percent. Um, mm-hmm. if tanks hundred percent, I mean, there was some runs in the Alabama game. It's like, no, there wasn't good blocking and most guys would have gotten taken down and he bounced out and got four or five yards. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just, he's special. He's elite. You couple that with Bo, us utilizing his athleticism. If we can get to the 150 clip in the run game, I'm with you. It's going to be, it's not going to be a pretty game. Anybody that watched the LSU A&M game could probably see that. <laughs> so, um, it's not going to be pretty. I just think we do enough at home, and in a low-scoring game, I will take Daniel or Anders Carlson against anybody. Oh, same here. I mean, you give him a 50-yarder, and I, I would take him over any other kicker um, at this point. Um, let's talk about our players to watch for this game. Let's start out with offense, then move on to defense and special teams. Um, Jared, on offense, who are you going to be watching for Auburn? Um, to help us get the the victory and maybe even spark our offense uh, and, and get us going earlier uh, that uh, it seems like we we struggled against Bama this last week. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching Chad Morris, man. Um, I think that we need to move our playbook a little further down the field and not as much behind the line of scrimmage. I think we need to have. There were signs of it in the Bama game. There was the slant over the middle to Schwartz, which we've all been hollering for for two years. I liked that a lot. Um, he dialed up two plays that got guys open that could have been touchdowns against Bama. So I'm going to really be keeping an eye on his play calling. And do we really start trying to utilize the talent, take the top off the defense? Um, and can he design it to do that? Um, I know that's weird. It's not a player. I, I just want to, I'm going to keep an eye on that though and see how that progresses. Yeah. I mean, and I think that goes along with the, the way you're kind of talking about it is first off, establish the run game. So anybody running the ball, so probably tank Bigsby. Um, if it looks like he, he'll be at least maybe just as healthy, if not a little bit more healthy. And then can Bo hit the guys over the top when they're schemed open? So it's kind of like the combination of Chad Morris along with getting your key guys, the running back and quarterback, on the same page, uh, making the the accurate throws and that kind of stuff. Is that more or less what you're kind of getting at? Yeah, I mean, obviously the players have to go execute, and I know we're talking about players to watch. I just I want to see us move the attack a little further down than just all these behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Even J.J. Pegues, I mean, let's try to do something where he, he's over the middle or something. I mean, everything to him is a dump behind the line of scrimmage, and that all relies on blocking. Mm-hmm. All those plays rely on blocking, and if the blocking falls down, you do not gain yardage on that play. Yep. Um, and 
you know, I know that in practice they're scheming them. They're probably working in practice. They're blocking well. And if they block well, they can work. But it was one like Seth Williams last week against Alabama. You know, we sent him in motion. Alabama read it absolutely perfectly. We sent him in motion, and we throw it out to him in the flat. They read it perfect, and it was a four-yard loss. If you don't block that, it's a it's a zero or negative play. Um, whereas if you're moving the line of attack down the field a little bit, doing more slants and stuff like that, um, there's less blocking that has to be done for it to work perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah, and if you throw quick enough passes, your offensive line doesn't have to block all that Correct. much. Correct. That's 100%. You take the pressure off of the offensive line. You take it. You don't have to pull a lineman out to help with the blocking. You take pressure off that. You take pressure off the receivers to block properly without holding. Um, I just think you take a little pressure off when you move the point of attack a little further down the field. doesn't have to be far. You can still utilize getting the ball in their hands and let them go make plays, but just doing it five yards out versus five yards behind. Yeah, and – I was just thinking about this with Chad Morris uh, kind of scheming uh, – well, scheming our guys open is, is big, but also scheming Bo to roll out a little bit more. I'm Design okay with that rollouts. Too. Get him um, in. He is not comfortable in the pocket. Let's just go ahead and realize it, roll him out. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, until he gets comfortable in the pocket, which I don't think it'll be this season. I mean, at this point, he's had moments – but he's not consistently comfortable in the pocket. He's gotten better. I will give him credit. He has gotten better staying in the pocket, but he's still not comfortable. You're right. He has gotten better. But, yeah, yeah. let's let's work with that. I'm okay. I think that's a good idea. Work in more rollouts. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, I guess my guy to watch on offense is going to be Bo Nix. I mean, it kind of tag teams with yours because if you see Bo Nix running the ball, which I think we need to have him have designed runs uh, that he has – uh, pretty much he has one read and if it's not there immediately tell him to run and maybe two reads tops like I don't want to make it too complicated for him two guys if it's not there run and and just get down the field get positive yards because there were plenty of times uh and and loss against Bama that Bo kind of just made slower reads or he didn't throw the ball away and uh, didn't necessarily – I mean, there were lanes sometimes for Bo to run through, and sometimes he didn't take them. So I want him, when those lanes are open and there's nobody open in the receiving, and run. It's okay. Get a few positive yards. Um, it's better than getting sacked. <laughs> no, you're 100% right. And you 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 mentioned – when you're talking about him running, I, got, I went to flashback to the RPO where we – we still do the RPO where if Bo read and he'll read it right, like he shouldn't hand it off, and then it's a it's a pass out into the flat for a screen, and the linebackers were affected none by that. So I still want to. I don't mean to trump back and jump back on Chad, but I would love to see our RPOs attack the middle of the field because it's drawing the linebackers in. Bo reads it correctly, throw it over the linebacker to a Schwartz or Seth that's gotten mm-hmm. in behind them. So. Yeah, absolutely. Find that soft spot in the defense. Uh, and some of that can just be done by scheming, knowing uh, Chad drawing up the play uh, for that to happen. Um, let's talk about defense. Uh, Jared, who are you going to be watching on Auburn? Uh, we're going to go with players. Don't ki- <laughs> don't pick Kevin Still. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, who are you be man. Will Muschamp. I'm just kidding. You said I can't <laughs> pick I'm going to go back in the um, – Do we I get Will Muschamp? Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't pick still. I'm going to go coach. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm probably going to go smoke Monday. I mean, he graded out, I think, the highest 
against Tennessee that week that weekend. He was the highest rated safety by Pro Football Focus. And then, man, oh man, in the Alabama game, it was not his game. So, um, I think that uh, going to keep an eye on him. See how he bounces back. I'm sure he'll he'll bounce back strong. It's at home. Got a good chance to redeem himself. Um, you know, and, and he, uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. How about you, man? I'm going to be watching Papo just because last game he only had two tackles. And for a starting linebacker to only have two tackles, you got to improve from that. And and even Papo realized he had the interview after the game and said, my eye discipline was bad. And you got to get better at that. You, you can't at this level have bad eye discipline, be looking where you shouldn't be. Because that's when you get – uh, caught flat-footed, and you can't make a play on the ball. Um, guys get behind you. Plays happen. And, uh, I mean, that's that's where I think Papo has got to improve. Um, so I'm definitely be watching him. Uh, Zacoby McLean did well at the linebacker position, um, led our team in tackling last week against Bama. Um, but Papo's got to step up. He's got to be a better, uh, much better than that. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. On special teams, Jared, who are you going to be watching uh, this game? Uh, probably going to keep an eye on Anders because I, I just think with, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Um, you know, so I'm going to, you know, we need him. He's probably going to have to hit a couple 40 yarders, and I think it's going to pretty much come down to, you know, maybe 20 to uh, – 20 to 17 or something like that. So, mm. yeah, I think he's going to be big in this game. Yeah, if it does come down to that, and, uh, like, if kind of you and I are maybe thinking it might be a, that lower scoring, just not as pretty of a game. Um, and if that's the case, this could come down to who has the better kicker. And, again, I, I have full faith in, faith in Anders, so um, give him anything within 55 yards, and I, I – you have some a good chance of him making it. Um, the guy on special teams I'm going to be watching is uh, Sean Shivers. I I griped about him a lot last week uh, because he on on certain kickoffs Sean Shivers just he wasn't getting up the field and at times not even getting to the 20 yard line. Um, so when you're not doing that, you should just honestly fair catch it and get your team up to the 25 yard line. Start from the 25. Um, so watching how Sean Shivers this next week uh, makes the change and hopefully is able to uh, able to make those good decisions of fair catching it or actually running it back. Um, 
And maybe, I mean, it's kind of like an honorable mention. If Tank's back and healthy and they want to put him back at kickoff, this could be a great game for him to get a couple um, good kickoff returns uh, if they're comfortable enough with him doing that. I agree. All right, Jared, getting on into the fun stuff, the score predictions. So I think both of you, uh, both of us have alluded to Auburn winning preseason. You and I both had us winning by 10. Uh, are you going to stick with that? Or you think it's going to be like you said, the 20 to 17 type game? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to drive mine down to three. I think we win. I think we went on a field goal late. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say we win by three. Yeah. So that's where I'm, I'm kind of thinking too, because I know Texas A&M is going to have a fight being the number five team and, and maybe even higher. Um, so who knows? This is a tough uh, matchup for Auburn, but we're at home, which gives me hope that it's going to be a closer game. Um, just to be a little different, I'm going to say we win by five. Five. Nice. And I say we somehow get it to safety. I was about to say, I like it. Are we getting a safety here? What are we, are we, we're going to bring in the closer and when we're up by five and I like it. Let's do it. I, I want a safety. That'd be fun. Yeah. Hey, I'm all <laughs> for that. All for it, my friend. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about the segment that I love to do, uh, the Auburn fan perspective of the SEC. Let's go game by game real quick. Uh, some of the high points um, and low points because it is just fun to kind of rag on teams every once in a while. Um, let's start with the Florida-Kentucky game. Uh, Florida beat Kentucky 34-10. to uh, It was actually pretty close up until half. It was 14-10 to uh, with Florida having the lead. And then really second half, Kentucky did it wasn't able to put up anything and uh they they pretty much just laid an egg the second half <laughs> so florida did what they do and score touchdowns um while kentucky was just kind of sitting there yeah kentucky actually was up uh 10 to 7 and um florida was able to land a punt inside the one right before half and then they forced kentucky to punt and they ran one of those, uh, which we did in the Bama game, they ran one of those where they had the guy over at the right act like he had the ball. Mm-hmm. Every every Kentucky player went to tackle him, and it was the guy on the left that had it. So oh, he ran good. it back for a touchdown. So that uh, that game could have been, I mean, Florida would have won in the second half, but they went from a 10-7 to going into half with a Kentucky lead to 14-10 Florida wow. off, of a, off of a punt return, not off of anything offensively. Yeah, that's that's a cool play. And it, and it, when it works, it's great. Yep. Um. And it usually deceives the the team because they're they're looking at the primary uh, punt returner. But hey, psych. T- well, it takes it takes both. Like the one guy has to pretend like it's not coming his way, and it really is. And yeah. The other guy's got to sell it. And I mean, the entire Kentucky one guy didn't go over there, and it, that was that was not even a competition. Wow, nice. Yeah. Um, and the next one was Missouri just demolishing Vandy, and sad Vandy. They now have lost their coach as well, which, yep. I mean, you're eight, 0 and 8. This is uh, kind of the writing on the wall. Derek Mason is gone for Vandy. Um, I mean, when you're when you're just you can't even complete compete in your own conference. This is a sign that you need to move on and try something else. Yeah, that's it's a that's a tough battle at Vandy every year with the academic requirements um so you know it's it's uh they've had they've had more competitive seasons by far this is not one of them no i mean uh, we kind of <laughs> predicted it would either be them or arkansas that would go 
and have a maybe a t- not even win a game this season. But looks like Vandy's the winner. Yeah, Arkansas. Arkansas has been pretty pretty impressive. So yeah, this was Vandy. Yeah. Um. Another kind of note. I mean, everybody's probably seen it. The Vandy kicker Sarah Fuller. Um. She got one kickoff. But hey, that kickoff actually worked pretty well. At first, I was thinking, did she just miss that kick? Like, why, <laughs> what, what happened there? But it was a design design squib, squib kick. kick. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No That's return. Pretty- exactly what they wanted pretty cool story man yeah so it's cool to see um to have essentially a walk-on kicker that was on your well i guess still is on your soccer team and just won the sec championship so she's the first female power five yeah i I think player ever i believe yeah so pretty cool storyline there yep um the next one Ole miss beat mississippi state in the egg bowl um, I watched a good bit of this game, uh, especially at the end. This was a tight one, but pretty much Ole Miss had, had it in the bag with about like, four or five minutes left. They had a 10-point lead, and then Mississippi State tried to come back. They really did, um, but Ole Miss was just too much for them um, and ended up winning that one. And uh, there was no uh, ping on the field from Elijah Moore. So I guess he's matured a little bit. Um, good, good job for him, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that that one will be shown for many years to come. Um, and then uh, Texas A&M beat LSU twenty to seven, and uh, this was we've kind of talked a little bit about this since we were, were playing Texas A&M. But one of the things I wanted to note at uh, at one point, Texas A&M was up twenty to nothing. So you're thinking, okay, Texas A&M's doing well. Well, let me note this. Kellen Mond only had, in the offense, only had one offensive touchdown the whole game. And at that point, Kellen Mond had completed less than 33% of his passes. That's, uh, wow. Like, it kind of falls in line with what I'm thinking. He's either hot or he's cold. This was a cold streak for him when he's only completing a third of his passes. So... I hope we get that Kellen Mond, and it, if I know Kevin still, he'll try to force Kellen Mond uh, to to have that same kind of performance, uh, get pressure on him, and get pressure on him early. Um, another interesting stat from that game, uh, this one really intrigued me, was they had twenty three punts between both teams. Whew. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, that's showing. Either defenses are elite, which I don't think either of their defenses are elite, but that's crazy. That's a lot of punting going back and forth. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I watched that game and I was watching it because somebody I was watching with was an LSU fan. Otherwise, I, I mean, it was it was more scoring than the Mississippi State Auburn three to two game, but it was about <laughs> as boring. I mean, you look at the the play by play and each possession. You just look at it punt punt turnover punt field goal punt 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 it's like it just keeps going down and you're just like is any team gonna have a breakout and nope (laughs) neither team and like lsu's defense is not very good um i mean we put up how many points on like 40 something points it's crazy crazy yeah 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 it's I don't uh, know, man. The last game that I want to discuss was uh, Georgia beating South Carolina. I watched about 10 minutes of this, and once Georgia scored like three times in the first quarter, I was like, yeah, this game's over. Um, uh, JT Daniels is looking pretty solid for them. Uh, 
I think they made the right choice to switch from Stetson Bennett over to uh, JT Daniels. Um, definitely gives them a better shot, despite me wanting Georgia to fail. Um, <laughs> I think that they they've got some uh, they got the right momentum going with him because they're they're able to have a different offensive look because JT Daniels just quarterback ability is a lot higher than Setson's. And that's just, that's matter of fact right there. <laughs> Setson Bennett would not be putting up 45 on South Carolina. <laughs> no, I no, And I think, um, yeah, he's looking good. I think this is what you should do to South Carolina. Um, and we could manage to do that. And they did. I mean, that's, <clears throat> he, you know, Daniels kids stat lines look really good. I've not watched any of the games he's played in, but his stat line looks real good. So, and they couldn't run it against Mississippi State. They were in a dogfight with that one, no no pun intended. Um, but they couldn't run it. But I think they ran it also against South Carolina. So combo of that and a good quarterback is uh, against a team like South Carolina is going to allow you to put up a lot of points. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jared, any other thoughts uh, about uh, this Texas A&M game um, before we go into this win, this win hopefully in Jordan-Hare? No, I mean, I'll just say this. I know a lot of fans are disappointed. It's a weird year, to be honest with you, and the way things kind of started out with us, if we somehow beat A&M, that leaves Mississippi State on the road to finish 7-3. and three. So I think it's a big game for Auburn. I think if they can pull it out, I don't care if it's a one-point victory, win the ball game, go to Mississippi State, take care of business, which they're playing better. They've given George and Ole Miss fits. Um, but go win that ball game 7-3, and three, I'll take it, man, in a crazy year like this. Yeah, definitely. And like, I'm trying to put this in perspective of a normal year where we have nine regular conference games and then you usually have three non-conference games. So if we were in that kind of scenario, we'd probably have a nine and three type season if we end up winning out or a, if we end up losing, it's probably like a, the equivalent of an eight and four type season. So yeah. I, yeah, that's a good way to put it. If we, yep, eight, and just, four, nine, and three. That's the difference we're looking at here. Yeah, try to keep that in mind because obviously, if something crazy happens and we end up going five and five, obviously that looks bad. But you consider we probably win our non-conference games, we get up to eight and five. And I think you kind of change your perspective a little bit. Obviously, we want more. <laughs> I mean, eight and five is not great. That's kind of the average mediocre kind of uh, record for Auburn, but. If we end up winning these last two games, that's the equivalent of that nine and three kind of range, which I think most Auburn fans are okay with. I mean, they're obviously not excited about it. They want to go to the playoffs just like you and I do, but uh, it's okay. Uh, eight, 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 and five, or uh, seven and three. Listen, the the not being competitive in the Georgia Alabama game that's got to get fixed. Yes, but in a year where we don't. I mean, Jalen Simpson didn't play yesterday, I don't think, and we don't know. We apparently had a guy test positive for COVID. I'm not saying it was him, but we don't know. We don't know what's going on. Who's able to practice behind the scenes? Who's having to sit out with con? I mean, it's just a crazy year. Give me seven and three. All these players keep their eligibility if they want to come back. Let's regroup. Next year might be. You know, we got a good home schedule next year. So yeah, if we, can, it's a big game. Getting back to the A&M, it's a big game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a big game to really determine how people probably view your season. So if yep. you win, uh, it's obviously not great because you didn't beat Georgia or Bama and you lost to South Carolina too. But you you have that key win over Texas A&M. So I, I'm, I'm putting a good bit of weight on this and how we do, um, especially now that 
we've had before the the iron ball we had three positive games of good offense um so somehow get back to that and get back to scoring um and and looking like how we did um well, and you probably finished top 25, too. And, I mean, look, I, that's not – I get what our rivals are doing right now, but you, <clears throat> it's better than not. So, yeah. if you win this game, you're in the top 25, and then you beat Mississippi State and you finish top 25. And then you go win your bowl game, and you might somehow finish top 15. You never know. So, it's a – the more I talk, I, it's, a, it's a big game, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jared, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? Yep, just find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?